When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome back to The Pride Has Spoken, episode two. My name is Grace Leader. I just wanted to say hello and introduce what you're about to hear today, because I think we have a very, very exciting interview, a set of interviews, actually, for you in today's episode. Um, the Pride Has Spoken, of course, a podcast celebrating LGBTQIA plus survivors. Evie Jagoda is going to have some conversations with survivors uh, and then uh, you'll hear from me at the end of the episode. Uh, so first of all, very, very excited and privileged that Zeke Smith from Survivor Millennials versus Gen X was willing to sit down and chat with Evie. Um, a very enlightening conversation. Obviously, I think we sort of um, many of us Survivor fans know that the experience of being on Survivor was one uh, in terms of being an LGBTQI person in, in terms of being a trans man was one um, that uh, leaves a little bit of a sour taste. I think in many of us, uh, our mouths in terms of fans, especially uh, a Zeke, but I'm so happy a Zeke means a lot to me in terms of a Survivor player, the first trans Survivor um, that I got to, we all got to watch on, on the show. Um I have told the story uh, to some people, but uh, I just remember going back to Millennials versus Gen X when I knew Zeke was out and watching the family visit with uh, Zeke's dad came out and the amount of just like love that Zeke's dad pours on Zeke is a really special moment for me in terms of like watching someone who's trans um, just 
gets love from their family, which sounds maybe sounds silly, but it, it means so much to me. That moment meant so much to me on the show and made me think, hmm, maybe I could tell my parents, maybe I could tell my brother that I'm trans and they will still love me. That's honestly what that moment means. So I'm so excited um, for you all to get to hear the conversation between Evie and Zeke. And I'm so thankful for Zeke to be willing to come on um, the show. So we're going to do that first. Uh, after that, uh, Lirsa Torres from the wonderful season of Survivor, Soul of Survivor, David versus Goliath. Uh, we'll chat with, uh, Ebby as well about their experience, um, on, on the show. Um, and there's, it's so great and so funny. Uh, and I don't know that Lirsa totally got to be seen, um, on the show as much as perhaps I would, would have liked, uh, to have seen. Um, and, uh, so hopefully, uh, this interview will be an exciting, insight into uh Lirsa and who who they are as a person so uh two great conversations today first with Zeke then with Lirsa I'll see you on the other side before I go though I did just want to remind folks that you can get a pride has spoken t-shirt or mug we added some uh, children's sizes somebody at the request of a an individual on Twitter um if you buy a t-shirt all the proceeds actually any merch all the proceeds are going to go towards a uh, charity called gender benders they support trans and gender nonconforming people in the Southern United States doing edu- education, advocacy, and other support. They also run a camp called Camp GB um, that runs uh, in the summer for, for trans and gender nonconforming people. Uh, and I have a little bit, I always feel like I'm a big summer camper, so I feel like summer a camp and survivor have uh, a little bit of uh, a lot in common, perhaps. So that is a charity we so- chose to support. There is a lot of anti-trans, anti-LGBT legislation happening in the southern United States at the moment, Texas, Florida. And uh, we just like to uh, try to do some good uh, there for the people um, who are there and are trans and will continue to be trans even as uh, uh, they try to be legislated out of existence. Uh, we see you uh, and we're going to do our best to support you. Uh, we love you all. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying this series, please tweet at us. Hashtag the pride is spoken. Let us know. Share your story. Share why you love uh, Survivor so much as an LGBTQ person or what you like seeing about LGBTQ people on the show if you're not. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll see you on the other side of these wonderful, wonderful conversations. It is my absolute honor to welcome someone who truly is one of my favorite Survivor players of all time. Uh, Beautiful, fun shirt inspo to us all. (laughs) Please welcome the wonderful Zeke Smith. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Zeke. Thank you so, so, so much for being here and being part of this The Pride Has Spoken series. I truly like could not imagine celebrating LGBTQIA plus survivor players without having you here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I, I, I'm very glad to be here. Um, uh, I want to, I want to say a quick, cause I don't do, I used to be an RHAP patron and really involved before I was on survivor. And now I, I don't really get involved. Um, so I do want to say one thing about the shirts. Um, and yes. that is when I, so the shirt that I wore on my first season on millennials, I wore in my casting video and then I subsequently wore to casting because I was told to. And then I was also told to bring more shirts like that. And I, they were in my closet. The, the shirts have been a thing for a while. They're very much a trans guy thing. Um, if, you know, for people who are in that world, they're very much identifiable. Um, but then once I got to casting and was wearing the shirts, I was just wearing really the one shirt the whole time. It was smelly by the end. <laughs> um, but I suppose it's, it's survivor craft here in Castle, regardless. Um, 
But then Jeff and the casting, they gave me such a hard time about the shirts. And I was like, you you asked for the shirts. Like you you saw the shirt and you're like, yes, more of that, please. And now a hard time in what way? They were like, do you really wear the shirts? Are these like (laughs) like a thing that you wear? Or are you just trying to get cast? And like when I was doing my casting video, I was aware that people who have sort of iconic clothing are remembered, right? Like Cochran's red vest and anything Coach wore and, you know, Boston Rob's hat. So I was I was trying to create a character because I was trying to get on the show. But also, like, yes, this is endemic to my personality. However, so, you know, even... So I wore the shirts on the on the show. And even after we'd finished filming, Jeff was like, you know, I think people are really going to like you. They might have a few words to say about your shirts, but I think other than that, you'll be fine. And... No one has said anything negative about the shirts. But what I also find funny about like how critical they were is now that every season they put at least one person in some sort of like big floral Hawaiian print shirt, including yourself. Wow. So. Yes. I mean, what a trendsetter. I mean, you can't. Jeff, is. this is coming from a man who wears one blue button up shirt every single day. You know, right. So. And if you meet him <laughs> when he is is not on Survivor, he wears a white T-shirt and jeans. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got a look. He's got a yeah. look. Um, wow. OK, so we just dove right into, I feel like, a, a lot of topics that are honestly, like, really relevant to the experience of, like, being a LGBTQIA player of Survivor, you know. And I feel like something that that story. Well, first of all, just to say that literally when I was looking to go. So I feel like I love your style. <laughs> not to not to fangirl. And like, like actively like looked up <laughs> this is maybe embarrassing. I was like, what brand of shirt does Zeke have? But of course I'm too small and it can only fit in like boys large is like the uh is where I find my more masculine uh shirts. I am too sure, small sure. for even a men's extra extra small. So uh, I'm limited in that regard, but you know, the lemons the lemons worked out, you know. <laughs> yeah. Bonobos uh is where is where the bulk of that stuff uh came from. Though now I am um sort of expanding my reach. Because uh, I think there are a lot of like kind of cop- copycat, you know, companies. Yes. So, um, yes. And it's great yes. because they're they're cheaper than the bonobos. And bonobos <laughs> uh, didn't give me as many free things as I was hoping they would. <laughs> uh, bonobos no longer a sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> uh, um, no, but I mean, I think the thing you were saying of like that Jeff being like is this really a shirt that you would wear? You know, is this a gimmick? Like, I feel like that idea, like something that I felt very much was when I was like going through the survivor casting and like being out there and everything was just so many people, both, you know, behind the camera, even in the audience, I was like the only person that looks like me that they'd ever seen. But in my life, there's like a million people that look like me. You know what I mean? Like, like this, like this look exists out there and it's like, I'm a type of person that is very recognizable in some communities, but like I was an alien to so many people in the survivor world, you know? Right. And I was coming not only from my little queer bubble in New York, but also like the improv, like the alternative comedy improv upright citizens brigade, rest in peace world. That was my world where like everybody's a weirdo. And I, that I had a mustache and sartorial proclivities didn't make me strange at all. Right. You know? Right. Um, and I was like, you live in Los Angeles. We're in Studio <laughs> City, which is where I live now. Um, right. And I, I, I don't know how things were maybe seven years ago, but I'm like, 
you shouldn't be as like, what is this as you, as you are. <laughs> right. Right. And I mean, and that's the thing is, you know, I think, yeah, you might expect that he would, but then he meets a, you know, a Zeke, he meets an Evie and then all of a sudden now, and like the world gets to meet us through this show. And then it sure. becomes, you know, a recognizable form to a lot of people where now they see, you know, a dude with a mustache and a flashy shirt. And that can be like, instead of like, who is this weird person? It's, oh, I, that uh, reminds me of this person I loved on Survivor, you know? Right. Yes. And I also think that, you know, as as the culture sort of trickles in from the coasts, right? Yes. It's now I go to Oklahoma uh, and to see a football game with my dad and there are like tons of college guys with months. You know, like it, it just right. that's how the, the culture penetrates from the um, the coasts. <laughs> and, and, yeah, totally, totally. And the Zoomers, you know, it's a lot, everything's a, you know, they're, they're a yeah. lot freer with the fashion in general, you know? Yes. Um, but so, yeah, I was thinking in general, like big picture about, about you and your uh, survivor journey and things. And Ooh, you're thinking about, you know, um, and I was struck by, I feel like it's very interesting because I mean, you hold multiple queer identities, right? I mean, you're gay mm-hmm. and you're trans. Yeah. Um, and it's and I've hit a few more along the way before we landed there. You know, I've really, right. I've really done it all. <laughs> right. <laughs> really explored, explored the rainbow. Yes. Um, and, and it's, I feel like, and I mean, I'm sure in your life, those are very like united and, you know, like the wholeness of you, but in some way in your survivor seasons, it was like the season where everyone knew that Zeke was gay. And then the season where, you know, eventually people knew that you were also trans. Right. Um, and Which I guess then just, for a lot yeah. of people negated that I was gay. Uh, huh. Which, what, can you say more about that? What does that mean? Well, sure. So I think, you know, in the first season, um, I was gay. And that was even, like, officially revealed kind of later in the, the season. It's not that I wasn't actively talking about being gay in the same way that I wasn't actively talking about being trans. But they only, like, found a clip of me saying something about being queer to set up Brett's coming back. Um, and cause I remember getting a slew of tweets when I said it was some line about being a doughy little gay guy and they're a whole lot like Zeke's gay. And I'm like, what planet do you live on? Right. Right. Um, which is right. Which like me watching, I mean, of course Zeke's gay. Like, right. I mean, like Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so that was interesting. And then, but it wasn't really explored much other than like to serve Brett's storyline, which I'm very mm. glad I could do. I love Brett dearly. Um, mm. and then there was no sort of mention of me being queer. Um, I think aside from like one little moment when Ty Varner and I ended up on a swap tribe together. Um, right. and then I was trans and that I was trans, which is such a bigger deal than mm. me being gay. Um, mm. and I, I think maybe some people thought like, oh, is he saying he's, he's gay as in he's a member of the community? But that uh, doesn't necessarily mean he's into men or they just didn't know how to do the math. Um, right. Which is, you know, if you haven't met a trans guy before, you might not know that about 50 percent of us are, are g- gay men that like we ultimately sleep with men and date and marry, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and become engaged to men very recently. Also. And become engaged. Yes. Yes. I am. I'm not wearing my uh, engagement ring. There it is. I should put it on because I have, I have, I, I, the listeners don't know. I actively have COVID right now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a, it's a time, you know, it's a time. 
Yeah, well, thankfully, I had just been in Hawaii with my mom and um, my fiance, Nico, um, and we had a marvelous time. I'd never been to Hawaii, totally fell in love, didn't want to leave, like very begrudgingly got on the plane. And then the next day, it was like, bam, hit a wall, COVID. Uh, uh, but, at least you got the beautiful romance. Yeah, at least it hit right happy. when I got home from Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. Um, but sorry, that was a anyway. bit of a tangent. But um, yeah, no, I mean, that. That's really interesting. I mean, it's, I don't know how, so when, I mean, when everything went down in Game Changers, it seemed you, you were, had an ability to, you wrote uh, an article and things like that. It seemed that all came out like right as that episode was airing, right? So you had a chance to do some amount of explanation or did you have to wait for your exit interviews? For that oh, concept? no. Um, so, yeah, got- I mean, I guess, look, I had this like epic survivor experience in every sort of way you can define that. Um, you know, I had a really, really great first season i had so much fun with the people i played with everyone was just great and it was magical and it was everything that you you wanted it to be and then i got voted out jeff was like tribe has spoken i walked down the thing i do my little ah shucks you know i'll get him next time and then literally they take the microphone off of me there's a tap on my shoulder it's jeff still in his little tribal council get up and he takes me into the, the jungle and is like you want to come back and do it again for two weeks and you know I said, bitch, give me a burger and a margarita before you expect me to sign up to do this again. So, I, you know, I had a couple of days of like food and booze. And then, of course, you're like, um, sure. so then I, you know, I did my jury duty, went home for two weeks and like ate and worked out and then went back to Fiji. And, um, you know, so you already in that, you know, you're thinking about like Russell Hans, you're thinking about um, Malcolm, you're like, you know, I'm going to have this sort of big year long survivor season um and so you already know that's going to be sort of like big in survivor world walking in and then obviously we're going through it the thing happens the tribal is what it it, 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 like you're just like abundantly aware that your life is going to change in a very dramatic way um which is not a good thing to have in your brain when you still like are walking into a merge on an all-star season and oh we won't talk about those last 11 days I were there. Some of the worst of my life. Thankfully, the nightmares are over. Um, but then, you know, I get voted out and sort of the top, because the top thing on my mind is like, well, we didn't talk about what like, at all, like me and the producers right. or me and the other castaways, like we didn't talk about it, but like, this is going to be huge. Like what, what are we going to, what, what, what's going to happen? What are we going to do? And so like literally from the, the, the next day after being voted out of Game Changers, we were talking about like what is going to be the media strategy, but really they were like, well, what do you want? And I was like, I don't know what the fuck I, I want. I didn't, I didn't want this to happen, but it's, it's right. So um, it was, I had nine months to between getting home from Fiji and then, you know, the thing happening. And it was, you know, the, I would say the best thing CBS did was put me in touch with Nick Adams, who is the director of transgender media at CLAD if you've mm-hmm. ever heard me talk about this story, you will hear, you will recognize his name because I talk about him a lot. Um, and, you know, it's, it is accurate that before I went on Survivor, a very small handful of people knew that I was trans. I transitioned mm-hmm. in college. And then when I, by the time I left college, you know, I was not, you know, necessarily visibly or recognizably trans and I just sort of went into the workforce and nobody knew I was trans. I just got to be this gay guy named Zeke who like worked on documentaries and did comedy and whatever. 
Um, and I was like, this is great. This is what I've always wanted is to not have my identity be um, a barrier to friendships, which I never really like had great friendships. And so I was like living and loving and having mm. a great time in New York. And then, <coughs> excuse me. So um, all of which is to say is like, I didn't know how to be a, 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 a like a trans person to someone um, mm. to like, how do I, how do I field questions? How do I advocate for the community? What are the concerns? Like I've just sort of been living in my own little, like, you know, non-disclosure trans bubble. Um, mm. So Nick was like, hi, um, I'll, I'll write you a syllabus. We'll write you a course. You're, you're, a, you're a Harvard kid. You respond to school. So we will, we will just teach you. Um, and you'll have to write a few essays along the way and do your reading. And hopefully at the end of it, you will have graduated trans school and can, can be an effective trans advocate. And that's how it was. It was a lot of like wow. watching what trans media had been and, and reading articles and reading interviews. And I, the essay that ultimately was published in the Hollywood Reporter, there were like five very disparate drafts of one of which was like 26 pages. And I weighed, made way too many people read all 26 pages of what, I don't think a word ultimately made the final draft. So, um, yeah. And that's what I, you know, when they asked me what I wanted, I was like, well, you know, he's going to have exit press and I want to, but I want to have a louder voice than his because I feel like that's, that's what I should have. And they're like, great problem. So, um, yeah, I did the Hollywood reporter and then, um, I did the talk, um, which is the knockoff view on CBS. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, it, it was great. It, it was, that was an awkward experience. Um, we won't get into that story, why it was awkward. But what it was great is that I'm, you know, I used to be a Big Brother fan. So I was excited to meet Julie Chen. And uh, is she the, she's the host of the talk. Uh, she used to be the host of the talk. Gotcha. She, Julie Chen was the host of the talk. Julie Chen Moonves, not the host of the talk. I see. I see. Uh, we, you can we'll understand those that. separate eras. Yes. <laughs> right, right, um, right. And, you know, she was, I was very nervous and she was lovely. And mm-hmm. I will always be very thankful for her for being just like, just being on it. And like, I, I made a couple of like Chenbot jokes. She was there. We bantered back and forth and she was awesome. So, yes, I did the talk and I wrote the essay. And then that's, that's all I said until uh, exit press time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you for that. Like, very, like that really paints the picture of the experience. Yeah. Really well. I also tell very long-winded stories. So feel free to be like... <laughs> keep me on track. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was very enlightening. And like, I think the reason, the reason I asked is, um, I think something that in general, it's, I mean, it's, it's true for everybody who goes on a TV show, right? You, you get filmed and the show you're, you're putting your identity, whatever that is in the hands of this TV show and the editors and everything. And, you know, for not in, you know, almost the whole time you don't get to speak until your entire journey on the show is over. Right. And yes. so like this, this and then when you get to speak, you really only get to speak as far as it feeds the narrative of what was on the television show, because right. as every former survivor player will tell you, you know, there is so much more to every vote or conversation or context of what happened. And you're trying to explain it. And people are just sort of, if it wasn't on the TV show, they're not interested. So right. you really right. have to work within what the show gave you. Right. And I mean, and, and like, yeah, you're doing, you know, typically like 20 minute at most exit, exit interviews. And, you know, you don't necessarily, typically your identity isn't a major plot point of the show. And you don't necessarily get a chance to, when you were saying, uh, you know, people not understanding what it, like how you could be both like a queer man and a queer trans man. And like that, those aren't, that one doesn't negate. It's like, you don't necessarily have the chance to explain your fullness to, to the audience, you know, and it can be, and that's a frustrating element of it to some degree, you know? Yeah. Um, it, I guess it wasn't. And I remember having this conversation with Nick Adams. I got, I think at the time I was just trying to get through mm-hmm. the trans stuff. And so mm-hmm. was everyone else in the world. You know, we've evolved. It's been what it was uh, 2017. So it's been, mm. you know, five, six years since it. Yeah. Air, it, and the world has evolved so much, like, you know, exponentially as far as their sort of like understanding of, of, of trans identities and queer identities. And so I never, like, for me, it wasn't that important that I like be recognized as a homo um, as much <laughs> right. as it was that, like, let's just not get asked about our genitals when uh-huh. we're on live television, you know, like mm-hmm. that was sort of the bit, you know, I, I know that sounds regressive now, but at the time that was the big concern. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately not really, I mean, in some parts of the country, it's not that regressive. Right. I mean, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think that it, there are two, two parts about the complicating the being recognized as a gay man. One is a bit that I did with my dear friend, Hannah, in between our two seasons in which we pretended to be engaged. This is um, Hannah Shapiro. This like, is Hannah Shapiro from Millennials Gen X. It was, it was still a very dear friend. Um, we both, you know, are comedy people. We both were out, you know, doing stuff, the Upright Citizens Brigade. Um, and we had, you know, another thing that you experience if you go on the show is you have, you know, these anonymous Instagram and Twitter people, and I'm sure now TikTok, but I don't do the TikTok, so I'm an old man. 
um, <laughs> the, 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 the giving opinions about you and the, your game you played and your appearance and all sorts of things. And, you know, those you, you say, I'm not going to read them, but you read them and you say they're not going to affect you. But they affect you more than you'd like to say, um, like to admit. And yeah. but the reality is, if someone on the street, if there was a 13 year old and was like, "Hey, you suck," I'd be like, <coughs> "Shut up, talk to me when you've gone through puberty," because <laughs> you have the context of who the speaker is. But for some reason, like the anonymized uh, nature of social media, it makes you think everyone is the New York Times and that they have a mm. very like reasoned opinion about you. So we we did this bit about like dating and being engaged, and so many people bought it. Mm. that it really gave context to all of those comments. You're like, well, if you're, and this is before people know I'm straight. So like, right. if you're really going to, if you're really going to buy this, then it helps <laughs> me put these things in their place. The 13 year old back in its place. Right. Oh, I love um, it. So the fact that they believe this ridiculous thing that you and Hannah were engaged, like they're missing the mark on you so high that it, it lets you be free from caring about their opinion. Yes. But again, <laughs> about 50% of the people who, sort of engaged in the bit with us believed it was real. So right. including like people who would just right, including who people who weren't there for sort of like this moment in Vegas when we were really doing it. Um, you know, even people look back on my old post and they're like, wait, were you engaged to Hannah? And I'm like, no, it was a bit. Um, <laughs> I do think that complicated wow. matters for like I, I complicated matters for myself to an extent right. there. Right. But PSA, if anyone is listening, Zeke and Hannah, it's not a real, not real. End the shipping. <laughs> um I, I am and now I'm engaged to someone else. So I, you know. Um yeah. but I think where I, I will say this, where it it mattered, which is meeting boys in gay bars and then subsequently taking them mm. home with me, they never had a problem recognizing that, that I was, a gay. Like, there was no question with right. them. And that's really where it mattered. Um, right. Because right. those sort of post survivor um, hookups were very uh, formative in my like esteem and body positivity and all of that stuff. That's so wonderful. What, a, <laughs> what, an, uh, what an amazing element. I mean, I, uh, I, I, I was uh, in a committed uh, monogam- monogamous relationship uh, during the time of my airing, but I think that that sounds fun. You know, I'm happy. For yeah, um, <laughs> I was. I was very single. Uh, yeah. And then about a year later, you know, Nico and I got together and we we're very serious. Um, but I did. I did have like a year of guys being like, "Hey, I saw you on Survivor," and I was like, "Hey, come back to my place." <laughs> I love it. Really doing work for the community, you know? Well, you know, someone's got to. If you're going to be a yeah. trailblazer, might not blaze all the trails. Yeah, no, totally. Or blaze oh, yeah, all I the want- tails. <laughs> hey <Hey-o. laughs> Um, I want to loop back to what you were saying about this. Like, you're trying to make this a very, like, serious conversation no, about like, I, identity know, in the media. And I'm like, let me tell you about all the dicks I saw. <laughs> <laughs> This is amazing. This is everything I hoped it would be. Um, no, I want it to be both. So you keep being you, and I'll keep I'll keep asking the the Harvard questions, and we'll we'll Great. find our way. See, this is why I almost didn't graduate, and you ended up with PhD. <laughs> <laughs> And we're both doing great, you know, different paths. (laughs) Um, No, so I wanted to look back to what you were saying about, um, you know, this, this, you were, did this like trans, like homework sessions and things like that. And, and it sounds like kind of what you're getting at is feeling a lot of pressure of being this like 
representative and talking about, you know, talking about being, yeah, being, you know, at the time, you know, the only trans survivor player and knowing that it's going to be, um, right. And like, being one of the audience. most visible transgender men in the, um, right. right. Really, you know, was cause trans men are not super visible. Now we have like all of these actors doing great things. Brian Michael Smith is on, you know, Lone Star 911. He's on a big, like Fox show and I'll, you know, there's so many other wonderful people doing all sorts of amazing stuff. And, that is no longer like a title that I have on my shoulders, but at the time it was. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, every trans, hopefully this, this is ending, but at the time, you know, we were like two years out, maybe from the Caitlyn Jenner moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and two so years before or after yeah, two years after. So Caitlyn after. Jenner had come out and then we were in the wake of that. And so every, trans person who was in the media was going to at some point be compared and or asked about their opinions on Caitlyn Jenner. And, you know, we can see why there was a concern that other trans people be like on top of their shit because Caitlyn Jenner is a catastrophe and a monster and like, you know, Republican Trump supporting. Yay. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, So yeah, there was a lot of pressure not to fuck up. Also mm-hmm. because, and you know, I am a, I'm obviously, you know, I'm white. Um, I don't necessarily immediately read as trans. Like I, I, um, you know, don't necessarily walk into a room and people think, oh, there's a trans person. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, I have a lot of privilege in being able to sort of like you know, obviously not with being outed, but before that and being in control of who knew that I was trans, which meant that I could be in control who discriminates um, mm-hmm. towards me because I'm trans. Um, and, you know, I have, you know, educational privilege and economic privilege and all sorts of privileges that are not um, uh, universal um, in in the, the, the trans and non-binary community. And so, you know, the concern was like, okay, you are a publicly trans person, but your experience of being trans is not that similar to other trans people. And Mm -hmm. the work we're doing in the media to, you know, increase transgender acceptance um, and to hopefully that will translate into political, economic, and social gains for the entire community. Um, Like the work you need to do is not necessarily for yourself. It's for the people who have this voice and don't have the options and the privileges that you do. So that was really important. That was what the work was really about was learning how to, through representing myself in a positive way, you know, help the people who don't, who are, don't have the seat at the table that I do, that I did at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, do you have thoughts kind of on, so, so far on Survivor, so, uh, you know, there was you and in the most recent, I know, I, I don't know if you were aware, in the most recent season. Um, yes, I am. Because uh, Jax. Yes. Oh, sorry. So I'm friends yes, with Jackson, Daniel Jackson, Jackson. Yes. I'm friends with Dan Strong. Daniel Strong. Who, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he, he is a lovely guy. I know he didn't have the best ride on Survivor, but he's a great guy. I really enjoy him. Yeah. Um, and he, he invited me and Josh Wiggler out to Yale Law to, like, to give to give talks to his little like survivor class that he was teaching. And oh, that's Daniel cool. Was, yeah, so I, I I am aware of of Jackson um because I did watch three episodes of the season. <laughs> oh, love it, love it. Yeah. So I guess yeah, I don't know. Do you have? I mean, I guess well, where I was going with that was kind of just 
Um, you know, it's amazing that we got another trans survivor player on the show for, you know, obviously a tragically for a short moment, amount for a bit, of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was, it did happen to be another white trans man. Um, and it would be just like, you know, if we're talking about extending seats at the table, like it would be wonderful to see, you know, more types of representation of, you know, people that don't as much have seats at the table and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, I, I am wary about survivor having more trans people mm. um, for not because the trans people shouldn't have every opportunity that everyone else does. I mean, I'm obviously seeing from, uh, you know, a view where something bad happened to me because I was trans. And even though mm. survivor was great, ultimately after the fact, you know, no effort was made to make sure that that didn't happen to me. Right. Um, right. And I think that, you know, I know that survivor did not get in touch with glad, um, to, you know, at any point during the casting or, you know, airing process with Jackson. Um, and, you know, not that they necessarily need to, but they need to. Like, they don't... Yeah. They, there aren't... There are no trans people who work for the show. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> there are very few queer people who work for the show. Um, mm-hmm. And there's no one, I think, on the end who is queer. Um, mm-hmm. uh, except for, like, there was, like, a low like contestant super person who was queer, but not, not someone who had any sort of power in production. And mm-hmm. I, there are, <coughs> sorry, again, COVID. Um, no worries. There are, there's just like issues that trans people might face that they're just not aware of that in order for there to be an equal playing ground, they do need to be more aware of. Um, mm-hmm. And like here, I will just speak from my own experience. Um, so on marooning day, you wake up really, really early, like two or three in the morning, you take a shower, you get dressed, you eat breakfast, and they encourage you to drink a lot of water because they don't want you to get mm-hmm. dehydrated. And you're just like in the sun and in boats for hours and hours and hours. And if you need to go to the bathroom, right. they mm-hmm. just tell you to go off the back of the boat. And mm-hmm. if you're like not in a mood to serve expose whether or not you stand or squat then you just gotta hold it and Mm. I my marooning days I had never had to hold my bladder as much as I I did those two days um to the point where on the second season like I just had to get like so bad that we jumped off the boats into the water and I was just like I just gotta pee I just I'm wearing all my clothes and I'm in the ocean and I just I gotta I gotta pee I gotta get it out Oh man! So you were peeing while doing the like wasn't was one like, of the like get everything you can. Yeah. yeah. Wow! Wow! Uh, so yeah, so there's just stuff like that, which is not yeah. You know, my perspective at the time was, well, this is my sort of cross to bear, and I have to figure it out for myself, and I'm not going to make this anybody else's problem. I think my mind has changed about that. I'm like, you know, no. If we want to think about equal access, then mm-hmm. you know, you you need to accommodate equal access. Um, right. So anyway, but like, you know, that's not anything clearly anyone thought about, nor were hundreds of other issues. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that survive, not necessarily, it's not that trans people are not good for survivors. That survivors not good for trans people. Right. Um, <clears throat> and I, um, yes, I think they need to do a little more work before it really is a, like a healthy environment for trans people to enter. I mean, 
as healthy an environment as Survivor is. I mean, it's not healthy for yeah. anybody, frankly. <laughs> right. Right. No, I, I mean, it's, it totally makes sense what you're saying. And obviously there's the element of everything that happens on the show. And then there's, like you said, you know, the social media environment and everything like that. And, you know, I know, for example, like on my season, I know that like the, the vitriol towards especially the black contestants on my season was like definitely of a different level um, than I experienced generally and things like that. And, you know, it's just part of the game. And I, I know that Jackson experienced a lot of that as well. Um, and in the world that we're living in, unfortunately, that well, right. is what's, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, we've had two white trans guys who are very deep into their transition, um, right. who people are kind of like, well, oh, okay. Right. No one's got, no one has told me you're going through a phase, you know, that's not <laughs> right. like a piece of feedback I've received. And right. also, I think that when you have trans women playing Survivor in a game where there is, you know, a gendered breakdown on, you know, they try to do equal numbers of men and women and mm-hmm. uh, uh, different challenges are broken down by gender. I don't know if they do that anymore, but there's at least a couple on my season. <laughs> when you swap tribes, men pull from one thing, women pull from another. And I don't, nobody cares that I'm competing on the men's events, but as we've seen over the last couple of years, like if there was a trans woman competing against other women or taking up a spot from a cisgender woman on the tribe, people quote, unquote. Would, right. Yes. For, I'm for sorry. Audio, if you're not watching the video, I'm doing yeah. lots of quotes with my fingers. Um, <laughs> right. You know, there, there would be a bash backlash about that. And, right. you know, there, you know, the, the flip side to increased visibility, like, yes, there's increased acceptance, but on the other hand, you know, there's an increased level of hostility towards trans people from the general American public. Um, mm-hmm. And you have a lot of conservative, Republican-oriented people on the show, right? And we, mm-hmm. you know, the first trans person went on Survivor and, you know, something bad happened to me by someone who had an opinion about trans people. And, you know, <coughs> sorry, I can only imagine... Um, Say you put a black trans woman out there and right. someone has an opinion, you know, and someone decides to get violent, you know. I don't want to see that happen because that happens right. in the real world and we don't need to see it happen on Survivor. Having violence right. done to someone on Survivor doesn't, like, it's not worth the impact it has on that person's life to teach the rest of the world a lesson. Right, right. No, that's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And when I think about just on some, like, it does feel like some of these things are, yeah, there's the world we live in and all the things that are horrible about that world and obviously good about that world, not to get uh, depressing, but I mean, I want me to talk more about dicks. You want me to talk more about picking up kids <laughs> no. in March? Should we go back to that? <laughs> no, no. I mean, yes, but you know, we'll, we'll save it. We'll save it. But um, no, I was going to say, I mean, I think in, for something about like, so, you know, I, I think, you know, people listening to this will know and, you know, because I messaged you like literally right when I got home from Survivor, pretty much that, you know, for me, I, I like I messaged you. actually. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. So, yes. Yeah, so because I was I like, home- oh, a queer heart. And like, hey, <laughs> yes, yes. But I think it was when the, the inside Survivor uh, came out. Yeah, and yeah you, and you were wearing me. you were wearing the shirt and I was like, hey, we're buddies. <laughs> Yes, a classic moment of, you know, uh, you seeing me and knowing what knowing what that look means, you know, Um, which which I love. Um, And it really meant so much to me that you reached out to me, honestly, so much. Um, And I just like 
like literally unloaded on you. I was like, hi, nice to meet you. I realized I'm non-binary when I was You're on like, Survivor. Non-binary. And I was like, I was like, great. Um, I was like, are you going to have a live finale? And you're like, no, we had like a secret finale out there. And I was like, great. Cause then Jeff doesn't have to learn how to deal with this. <laughs> right. Right. But, yeah. right. And it, but it's something, it's something I really do think about that. Like that, that is genuinely the order in which things happened for me, you know, but like, if I had, you know, if the show was, if I had realized that sooner and I went through casting, you know, knowing that I was non-binary and using they, them pronouns, like I wasn't. I certainly wasn't prepared for them to be like, so like, what do we do with three men and three women? And like, what, you know, like, how do we yeah. break this so, down? You know, like, I, right. Yeah. And they didn't do what they did, which is like, so how do we represent a non-binary person on national television? <laughs> right. You know, um, right. It, it, cause it is, it's, it's just too much to put on a person who is, is just sort of like figuring out their footing. Well, cause I, I guess my question for you would be, um, because they would put it on you. Say, like, you were going through casting, right. and you're like, you know, I'm not binary, use they, them pronouns, and, like, you know, she, her, like, whatever, but, like, they, them is preferred. That's, that's your, yes. your spot, right? Yeah, cool. I, I would say I've transitioned more to they, them. They, them is my fave, you know? That's, totally. that's where I'm at. Yeah. You know, but it's like, if you, if you drop, like, a she, her every now and again, like, no one needs to, like, get all up in arms about it. Just sort of, like, no, like, they, them is what we're Right, that that's me to a T. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so if they were like, okay, well, we usually have equal numbers of men and women right. on seasons and on the charts. You know, right? How do we count you? You know, right? Because right. they right. would and, say something and, stupid like that. Right. Right. I mean, and it's and it's and it's tricky. And like, I I'm feeling even literally now as you're asking me that question, the 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 force of the like pressure of being like the nine binary survivor player where it's like for me honestly truly like i do feel fine being counted as a woman for the purpose of physical for, yeah, right if it was just you know yourself I mean? like, in a vacuum and you just had to represent yourself right. sure and, and, but then you're right, like well, and, what how does my choice affect everybody else in the world exactly exactly and even like i like literally the element of well, for me, it actually like doesn't bother me that like if you say she her occasionally, like it, it's I'm fine. But it's like that's not true for every non-binary person, and please don't take that as the lesson. Also, you know what I mean? And it's it is this thing where it's like ah, this element of I'm a person speaking for me, but like inherently, when you are the only one or the first one or even just one of the very few on a TV show, it like adds just such a layer. Yes. Huh. Well, because I mean, I think something I don't have to worry about because I'm not doing it again is, you know, you seem very popular when you get asked back. <laughs> right. And right. if you say yes, which you right. have a wonderful life, you don't need to go do survivor again. Um, right. But like, I, I would know, say yes, Jeff, call me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, you know, yeah. should you find yourself in an all-star right. situation, you know, how, you know, obviously things have shifted with you and how would you handle that with, with them? Right. Right. No. And it's really true. I mean, not that you have to like. I'm putting yeah. you on the spot. You have no, to give no, me an totally. answer, it, it, but that is a, a challenge that you would face. No, a hundred percent. And like the truth is, I just like really don't know the answer. And it's also, I mean, the thing I was thinking, I was actually thinking about this earlier. And people, people ask me about this all the time. Like people would DM me, like, "Hey, like I'm thinking of applying to Survivor. I use they them pronouns. Like, how do you think it would go?" And I, I genuinely like don't have an answer because I really like didn't go through that experience. Like, right. I, I would say in general, I think like. I think the show would love that. You know what I mean? Like, I think, you know, not that that necessarily correlates with knowing exactly how to handle it, but I think 
they would be into it. Um, and I would say from my experience, like the other contestants, like everyone in my cast, you know, knows uh, since that I have like come out as non-binary and everything and everyone's amazing. Sure. Definitely not everyone is perfect about pronouns. And it's also, I think it's harder when you're in, when you've called someone one set of pronouns for, and then you're using you know, a new for, one. Yeah, exactly. And you're using a new one. So like, it really, it's, it's fine for me. Um, so, but you know, it is a social game and, you know, when you go in and do anything that makes you like stick out in any way, it, it's a thing, you know, it's a thing in the game. And so I, you know, I think it would be, I think for me as Evie, who has played before and people know, I don't think it would be that big of a deal. Um, like in that level, but sure. That, that's you also me. know how things work. Like, right, the second time right. you do it, you know, you can ask for a lot more than you did right. the first time. The first time you think you're just wholly at their, their whims and you just say like, you know, yes, sir, please may I have another. But the second time you right. can be like, all right, you know, we're going to do things a little differently this time. Right. Um, right. Yeah. But it, I think it would be, I think you're right. It would be a lot harder. And should, should, should the call ever come and I'm sure it will, let me put you in touch with Nick and glad and, you know, <laughs> then you can have a whole institution behind you to help you deal with that institution. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. Love it. I mean, yeah. And even like, not to get, I want to refocus back on you, but I mean, even like in my Ponderosa, um, they filmed a, a scene with like me and Tiffany from my season. And we were kind of, I was kind of like answering her questions about queerness. And, you know, she asked me, you know, why, why do you use the word queer versus like gay, lesbian, you know, whatever. And, you know, I have an answer for that for me, but when I watch it back, I'm like, oh, this wasn't really a perfect definition of what queer is. You know what I mean? If I was like, doing all my homework and research and thought about, about that word. You know what I mean? I was answering right. it for me. Cause you're not, you know, especially at Ponderosa, you're just like, Oh, I'm a lot freer to speak than I was when I was on the, on the beach. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's all this stuff, but I mean, I think, you know, we're clearly, it's clearly still a very small subsect of non-cis players on survivor. But like, I can say for me, it was like, absolutely amazing to get to talk to you even though obviously we have we had very different experiences we have different identities and all that but like the fact that there was another non-cis person who like experienced survivor was like really huge for me um and you know and i think like definitely the number of queer players has been growing exponentially and like it doesn't mean it's not perfect it doesn't mean that there's not bad things that happen but i think we are like, and part of the, the goal of this podcast, you know, is like, we are like building a community of queer, non-cis, like all of it, uh, LGBTQIA plus, you know, survivor players. And like, that's only a good thing that that exists and that there's more of us, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Look, I have complicated feelings about yeah. whether or not survivors should still exist. So I think in the world that survivor does exist, Yes, it is good that there are more queer, queer people, you know, the whole community. It's good that Survivor is infinitely more racially diverse, that they're casting, yeah. you know, much stronger, more complicated women. All the changes that Survivor made has is is good. I think outside of is Survivor um, casting a, a selection of people who actually represent, I guess, the United States and Canada um, right. these days, uh, right. is is Survivor good for the people who do it? <laughs> right and no, in totally. their their mental health and their life trajectory and you know i think those are broader concerns that i have yeah um no that's that's extremely <laughs> real that's extremely real yeah 
Um, yeah, I do want to talk on like, I mean, I think when I think about, uh, you know, we're doing this whole series and one of the, one of our goals is to really like celebrate um, some of the, you know, amazing queer players over the course of history. And I think something that really like, in addition to everything you did in the game, but I think since the game um, and part of it, uh, I'm sure, you know, came from this, it being thrust upon you to be an advocate. Um, but you've done amazing things since then. And I want to, I watched the Disclosure documentary a year ago. Oh, yeah. um, and I know uh, I would love to hear a little bit more from perspective how that, I don't know, uh, how that came about and everything. But uh, it was absolutely amazing. If people haven't uh, seen it, they should absolutely check it out. Yeah, um, it's on Netflix. Um, it, it's called Disclosure. Um, it, it'd be a great, you know, Pride Month is just around the corner. So it would be a great Pride watch. And usually it's sort of promoted in um, Netflix's, you know, Pride watching materials. And probably when you're listening to this, it's Pride already. So yes. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I no longer have COVID. If you see me out at the parade, um, <laughs> <laughs> so you can make out with me. No, just I mean, if yes, you want totally. To, that's okay. um, uh, no. So um, yes, I met uh, the the director of of Disclosure, Sam Fetter, um, through Nick Adams at Glad, and um, which. Uh, and then, so we, we met at a thing, whatever. It's like, oh, let's do lunch. Sure. You know, it's LA. And another LA thing you do before you have lunch with someone is you Google them and you check out their IMDb. And I saw on Sam's that he had directed this documentary back in like 2007 called Boy I Am, um, which is a documentary about three trans guys, um, you know, and their sort of journeys around uh, top surgery. And it there was <clears throat> a very little and b most of what did exist was very bad as far as media talking about the trans experience and his documentary was one of the few that i really loved and connected with um and so i just sort of like filed that back away and then when i was googling him i saw he directed oh, holy shit you're that guy you're that guy that made the thing that meant so much to me so you know we had lunch i gushed about uh boy i am which you know I think I was the only person who saw it. You know, it was, it was, it was not uh, a widely released uh, documentary. And um, yeah, we started talking about like trans people in media. And uh, he was like, you know, I'm doing a documentary about the history of trans representation in film and television and would love to have you, um, you know, be a talking head. <coughs> um, so it, uh, yeah, it was really cool. It was just like one day, um, you know, I talked to him beforehand um, and he was like, we need people to be able to comment on these, the, the following film and television shows. Um, and I was like, okay, I haven't seen them, but like, I can watch it and have an opinion about it. Um, right. And so we did like half a day, um, in Silver Lake, uh, um, giving my opinions about the history of trans representation. And then about a year later, the documentary came out, um, at Sundance. Um, it was January of 2020. So right before the pandemic hit. Um, and going to Sundance was a lot of fun because we were there with Lily Wachowski, the, um, you know, one of the directors of The Matrix. And nobody wanted to let us in anywhere because also we're just documentary subjects. We're not like actors. We didn't have the right passes. But then Lily shows up and everyone's like, yeah, 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 come in. <laughs> um, and she's like, she's like the chillest, coolest, <coughs> most non pretentious person in the world. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then the, you know, the documentaries achieved really well. Um, I got to be in it a lot. So that was, that was a lot of fun too. Yeah. It's, I can't, I cannot recommend it enough. Like whether you, 
you know, know a lot about trans people in media or not at all. Like it's, it's really a fantastic, a fantastic uh, documentary and you get to see Zeke. So yeah, Survivor is not in it, but um, I, I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Through you in whatever way <laughs> that is. Um, yeah, I guess just like, so, I mean, I feel like we've touched on it a bit, but I guess I was just, you know, I, I feel like it's been a while since that, like you have talked about, um, Survivor, at least that, that I've known about. And I guess I just, is there any like major takeaway that you like now that we are like five, seven years out, whatever it is, like, I feel, um, from your experience overall that you want to make sure is out there that ha- hasn't gotten to be or, um, anything like that you know oh god we hit on a lot of a lot of yeah my feelings about survivor um yeah but you know but like, <laughs> but like you and survivor you know like oh, me and survivor know. well yeah. you know i think as, as critical as i come across in discussing other people doing survivor or other trans people doing survivor you know i was in a place where i really needed to to shake up my life and change my life and it gave me everything that I was asking for. I mean, it didn't give me what I was asking for. It didn't change my life in the way I would have wanted it or how I would have wanted it. Um, but it, it, it did, you know, shake the, the foundation. It did crack and, you know, replace the foundations of, of my life. And, you know, if I, you know, I met Nico at the Glad Awards in, mm. you know, four years ago. Um, and I was at the Glad Awards because CBS put me in touch with Glad and I ultimately did a lot of work with Glad. And so I got to go to the Glad Awards and I got to meet Nico and he's loved my life and he's my favorite thing about my life. And I proposed to him at the Glad Awards this past year and we're getting married in Palm Springs in 2003 and 2023. Uh, <laughs> we're going back in time to get married before it was legal. Um, it's like you've been married all along, you know? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I... I think most of the good things that are happening in my life sort of spring from how, you know, unconditional love has changed me. Um, and, you know, survivor, survivor got me to the guy who unlocked all that. So that's kind of my reflection on survivor. That's really beautiful and sweet. I'm like cheering up a little bit. I love that. And yeah, I mean, I, I talk think more about dicks. If we, we don't want anyone to have anything. <laughs> You know, anything sentimental. No. <laughs> Let me say one more sentimental thing and then we can uh, return to dicks. Not that right. I have I've had to endure quite a bit yeah. of it today. I'm, I'm trying to keep it together. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I think, you know, as yeah, it absolutely, absolutely freaking sucks that it can't, that you being people knowing you as, you know, that you are this public trans person came from not your choice. Like that it's, it's the most violent thing that I think has happened on Survivor. Like, at, at, anyway, well, but I think the fact that this beautiful thing in your life came out of that, and I do think, like, for so many people, it like, knowing about you and seeing you and seeing you be on Survivor, like, being really good at Survivor and having fun and making a fire without flint and, uh, you know, rocking, you know, amazing shirts and a mustache and <laughs> everything, everything that was you on Survivor. Like, I know it really, really means a lot to a lot of people, like, including me. And so I, I do really think that that is a, you know, a beautiful thing that came from a, a horrible thing. But uh, I just, just, you know, it, it definitely had a really positive impact in a way as well. 
Well, I, I, I do feel that. And, you know, people still reach out and I'm, I'm very happy that it exists as this artifact that people can identify with and identify with in a positive way, because, you know, I think I look back to the primary representation of trans men on television back when I was first transitioning and it was uh, Max on the L word, who is right. like th- just the worst. And, you know, you I never listened to Zeke talk about this yeah, on, uh, the, on the, disclosure, the documentary. Yeah. Yes, and yes, I'm, yes. you know, I remember kind of, you know, when that survivor had ended and we we're, I was, you know, living in this, this whirlwind and I went back and I sort of watched all of my, the stuff. And I was like, you know, I feel happy with what I've left behind for others to discover. And hopefully mm-hmm. it, it, people can see themselves in me in a positive way, or if not, that it leaves room for them to kind of chart their own course, right? That it, mm-hmm. they don't, they don't feel like they have to be like me or I with me, but that in seeing what I did, that they, they can find their own way. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I feel, I feel, feel good about what I left behind. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it seems wrong to say like, thank you for that. But I mean, it just like, it, you know, but, but thank you for existing truly, you know, and I, I hope that you get to suck so many dicks, you know, I, well, you know, or the like one said, a lot, you know, whatever. Pride season, I guess is by the time this airs, it's pride season. And I have all of these antibodies. <laughs> <laughs> wink, 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 wink. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, Zeke, thank you for existing and really, really thank you for coming on this podcast and well, thanks for having talking about me. this. Yes, truly. And uh, is there anything uh, you want to plug uh, for people listening to this or if they can um, follow you or anything like that? Uh, yeah, you can follow me at Zeke or Chief, uh, Z-E-K-E-R-C-H-I-E-F on Twitter and Instagram. I'm not very active on either. Um, and if you, uh, you know, are a production company <laughs> that wants to <laughs> produce uh, a feature or a half hour uh, television script of mine, um, so if you hit me up at Zekerchief at Gmail. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. That's, that's Amazing. about it. And uh, if you see Zeke at Pride, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah. Available, uh, available for intimate. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thanks, Zeke. (laughs) It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Okay. It is my absolute, absolute honor that I get to talk today with. Truly one of my survivor icons, uh, like the first oh person, <laughs> the first person on the show that I really felt like, okay, like I could see myself doing this thing. Uh, and also someone who um, I feel like, uh, I feel so blessed is a friend. Um, so it is my absolute honor to welcome Lyrsa to the Pride Has Spoken. Hello, Lyrsa. Hi, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing because... 
I keep telling people how we actually met and I couldn't remember that night because I was like, he's still so fucking drunk. And I said, yeah, I said, hi, welcome to the family. And you're like, you don't remember me, right? And I'm like, oh, fuck, no. Well, that, okay. So to back it up, <laughs> we both told this story on podcasts before, but I think it's very important that now, you know, it's just the two of us here that we can fully admit yes. to all of you that we both, barely remember this because we were drunk yeah <laughs> but i know that it happened <laughs> we know it happened and there's pictures there's evidence there, that it did happen picture evidence um but yes yeah. michelle and jeremy had a watch party for season 40 in boston um and at this time i hadn't even applied for the show i was just a huge huge fan um and got to meet Lirsa there and it was like me and my partner and Lirsa and <laughs> your partner at the time and just like had a ball uh, and don't know what we really <laughs> talked about. <laughs> um, I, I just, I remember, the the, yeah, that's what I remembered. I told you like, yeah, just apply for the show. If I made it, you can make it too, but also go to our show. We're going to have like <laughs> yeah. ladies dancing and it's a burlesque show and it's queer focused. So it's going to be great. So I was trying to sell you my show while we were doing this other show. <laughs> I mean, not gonna lie, that's a very, a very easy sell, uh, uh, like a lesbian burlesque show. I mean, uh, we were up yeah, for it, but then <laughs> pandemic COVID happened. happened. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. right away. Was it like like two weeks after that or something like yeah, that? Because like, I think that must have been like end of February 2020. And for, yeah. for so long, that was like the last party I, I went to for like two years, you know? It's the last bar with a bunch of people I went through too. Yeah. Like I haven't, well, I went to one in Atlanta right in the middle of COVID, not because I chose to. <laughs> I was in Atlanta with my bro brother and his husband and they had tickets for this um, show, drag show with uh, one of the contestants from RuPaul's Drag Race that's from oh, Atlanta. Fun. I forgot their name. <clears throat> so when we got there, like nobody's wearing masks it's in the middle of covid it's like the size of this office and there's like 300 people there and i told my brother-in-law like if i die here my mom is gonna fucking kill you like this is all <laughs> your fault and i was so anxious because and i haven't i haven't been to like a club at all after that it freaks me out it's too much people maybe i'm too old now yeah. but it's too much people and people don't yeah care about anything so yeah no i mean the two, the two times, times pretty much for the, us yeah, yeah pretty much the two times i've been to bars since covid i got covid so you know uh i get it wait but so i didn't know that your brother is queer i didn't know that or maybe i did but i forgot so my dad's side of the family, we have a bunch of queer people, a bunch mm. of poor people. And coming from a <clears throat> Latino family, it's like you're in a soap opera and it's mm. this big secret that we all know but we can talk about it. Right. And <clears throat> I was actually with my mom recently and I have a cousin and I'm not going to say obviously their name, but. It's very obvious to us. We all know that she is a lesbian, but mm -hmm. she has never come out, right? Mm -hmm. And she's going to be like 50-something now, right? So wow. I was just telling my mom, <clears throat> it's so stupid because we all know. And my cousin used to bring like all of these friends to like family events. Quite and I look friends. up to her. Yeah, I was like way younger and I used to like 
get super excited with family reunions because I know I knew my cousin was going to bring something, right? Mm. Someone, yeah. and every single one, it was a different person. And lately, <laughs> since I've been going back to PR, every time I go, I come with another friend, which is just friends. But to my yeah. family, we have that track record that we bring people that were like, you know, in a partnership, but we don't tell people. So all my family right. thinks that all my friends are my girlfriends, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. I wish I had that power that my cousin had. I don't have it. They're all friends. And I have every time I go there and my mom makes this comment like, oh, I only made one bed for you guys. And I'm like, no, 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 mom. It's two beds because they're just friends. Oh, or I talk about like, oh, their boyfriend. And she's, she always gets very confused because she thinks I have this powerful lesbian game that I clearly <laughs> don't have. Don't have. <laughs> but yeah, well, my, so my dad. Oh, sorry, no, that's ahead. what? No, that oh, no, my side of the family. It's like super queer. Um, my dad's uncle was also queer. My cousin, um, my brother. So we all have been like, it's, it's, to me, it's kind of like hilarious that we live in this soap opera that we all knew what was going on, but we couldn't say anything. And now it's wow. like so open and so okay, right? Because like my brother is married, he has a kid and like he like they all know my partners when I have had a partner. So like a real one, all my friends that visit. So <laughs> it's 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 been like a big change from when I was a kid and my cousin couldn't say who these people were, although we all knew right right to like to like getting my family confused because they're not my girlfriends because we have this past history that everybody that we bring should be our partners but they're not so right it's interesting well, that, it's, a, it's an interesting yeah. dynamic yeah, that's that's so so cool wow what do you think accounts for the change over time like is it just that times have changed or like people have just gotten used to it or I think it's a combination of everything. Also, it's like they have realized that regardless of who you sleep with, as long as you're a good member of society, right, and you mm -hmm. pull your weight, they just don't care, I feel, at mm -hmm. least in my family. <clears throat> I think the biggest, the biggest impact has been my dad. Um, mm -hmm. Like on my familiar new. New, like nuclear family situation because I mean two out of three it's <laughs> right. it's very interesting right and right. and I was the one actually that came out first on all of the situations even like mm -hmm. before my cousins and everybody I was the first family member that said hey this is who I am. And if you don't like it, <clears throat> it's fine. I just want, I remember like, I told my dad, and maybe you have heard this story, like mm -hmm. a couple of weeks before going on to the game. Right. Right. Because. I remember, yeah. I remember you telling me that he kind of knew, but you felt like you. Well, yeah, it, yeah. It was like, you know, the army, the don't ask, don't tell policy. Right. right. We all know. And. Sorry. I love this. I love this vibe. <laughs> we all know, but we don't need to really know. Right? right. And when my casting producer, which I adore, told me, she asked me, is 
are you do your family know you're gay? I'm like, yeah, everybody knows. Everybody knows I'm gay. Like, well, I haven't told my dad, but he knows. Like, come on. I'm like 36 and I have never had a boyfriend. He has to know. <clears throat> they were like, what? You like everybody knows about your dad? I'm like, well, he knows, but I haven't tell him, right? It's not something right. that I want to tell to my dad because it's unnecessary because I live my whole life in this family, which is a soap opera. We don't ask, don't tell. It's just like these characters, Latino family, you don't say anything, right? right? And they told me I had to tell my dad. And I did lie the first time. Sorry, Penny. I told Penny <laughs> that I told my dad, but I didn't have the heart to tell my dad in a way I didn't want our relationship to change because also mm-hmm. he's an older man mm-hmm. and Hispanic. So I told, I told, <laughs> I told Penny, I told him and that he asked, she was like, what he said. I'm like, oh, he asked about the cats, how the cats were. <laughs> And she was like, "Are you sure?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what he said." Because I know what do you my mean? dad, like, like that, like lesbians, like have a lot of cats. Is that the yeah? I, 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 at that point, I had two cats, right? Okay. And I, those are their grandbabies. Now they have right. a tata, right? So right. he's always like, no matter at what time or what's going on, I call my dad, and he's like, "So how's how's the cats? How's the dog? Do you want to talk to your mom?" Okay, uh-huh. that that's our extent sometimes and there, unless something is happening. So that's exactly mm-hmm. what I told her that happened because I knew that's his reaction to everything. Right. And she said like, no, 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 no. You have to tell your dad. Mm-hmm. You have to tell him because we don't want something on the show to come out and your dad doesn't know and creates like a family issue because it has happened before. People have been outed out on the show mm. and their families didn't know in past seasons so we want to avoid that <laughs> and I'm like okay sure i'm gonna tell my dad and <laughs> i sent him an email which i'm trying to find because i saved it and <laughs> oh, i'm man. not able right now i sent him an, an email that said something along that hey dad I just want to tell you something because it's probably going to come out on the show and I don't want it to take you by surprise. Although I think, you know, Mm -hmm. so Jessica is my girlfriend Mm -hmm. and it's going to come out that I'm a lesbian and I'm telling you right now. So, you know, I'm still the same person that Mm -hmm. I was yesterday. So Mm -hmm. I don't want anything to change. Um, And that's it. And I love you. And I send that. Right. And I was very anxious because when mm-hmm. my dad feels that something doesn't go his way, he shuts down. And mm-hmm. when my brother, my older brother was going to marry his first girlfriend, he didn't mm-hmm. tell my dad. It's very old school. And he didn't tell my dad. Right. Mm-hmm. So he went and asked this girl on like her hand on marriage on a family party. My dad didn't know. And it was a huge blowout, especially oh, wow. because my brother is my dad's favorite, even though he's like, I don't have a favorite. Like bullshit. <laughs> we all know he's your favorite. And they stopped talking for months. Wow. And my brother was planning this wedding without 
my dad mm. and it was breaking him because their relationship yeah. was is so strong right so mm. I didn't want that to happen to me right mm. and then I send the email I'm so anxious the next day I call them and my dad picks the phone I'm like hey what's up hey not much how's the cats I'm like they're great do you want to talk to your mom yes and I talked to my mom and I'm like, did that say anything to you? And she's like, no. I'm like, I sent him an email about this. And she's like, no, he hasn't said anything. Till this day, my dad hasn't said anything mm. about mm. that email. Right. Mm. And then <clears throat> my brother got married and he went to the wedding and seeing him giving my brother-in-law the longest hug in history. My, my dad hasn't even hugged me that long. And he gave Bobby this huge hug. And I'm like, okay, so my dad is over this shit. And he's like yeah. very accepting, right? Yeah. So yeah, I had to lie the first time. I That's told so awesome. him out. Yeah, yeah. And then I didn't. And then again, my dad asked for the cats. And how was yeah. everything? He did exactly what I knew he was yeah. going to do. He's a creature of habit. So I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. So yeah, I came out to my dad like four years. For survivor. Ago. Yeah. For survivor. Yeah. And he couldn't care less. He also. He didn't watch the show that much. <laughs> he he was made to watch the show, and I have said it before because my mom was watching her soap opera, and she didn't have time to do both. So she had <laughs> my dad in one room watching the show, and every time I was on screen, he will scream at her. She will <laughs> run to that TV, and then I was gone, and she was so upset because she's like, "You're not on the show." I'm like, "I've been there. Where have you been?" Because <laughs> I've been there, and she had like no clue. And then after the season was over, I'm like, "Mom never got the show," and it was like, "She never watched the show. She just like ran to see you, and that's it. That's why right. she was so lost the whole time." That's so funny. She just wanted the lyricist supercut. I mean, that sense yeah and then she will call me and be like you told me these people like you why are you not on the show and i'm like because it's not my show mom also i didn't win so they're not gonna focus on me and she's like but but you told me they like you she takes it very personal that people Mm. don't like her kids and i'm like but i'm Mm. fine and she's like but they have to love you i'm like no they don't have to and she she wanted to go to the reunion because she wanted to talk to Jeff and tell oh him that, that he had to love me and that they all had to love me because I was her daughter and I was awesome. And I'm like, that's so cute, but you're not going near California at all. You're not going to go there. You're not going to say anything. And I'm fine, which I am not, but I'm fine if people don't like me. Right. So, yeah, <clears throat> my mom is that's, very proud. That's very seriously proud. so sweet, though. Yeah. But yeah, I was thinking about like getting into a little bit more of like you actually on the show. Like I feel like and maybe I maybe like tell me if this is wrong, but I feel like you were really like the first like visibly queer woman on the show. You know, like there was before that there was like Amy and Scout and like who I mean had their partners on the show. Like it wasn't like a secret ultimately, but like, you know, you've got cool funky hair, you've got tats, you know, like um, which is which was new and exciting, you know. I think I was also, and people can correct me because I said it at some point. I'm not saying that all of these queer people 
were in the closet or anything before me. But to my understanding, I was the first woman on camera that said, I am a lesbian, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I stated like the first day, this is who I am. I don't want any secrets because this is who I am. And I'm here in part to represent my community, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then somebody told me, oh, they knew I was a lesbian. They just, And I said it, they just got it. So I don't know what made me special mm-hmm. that they put it on the show maybe because mm-hmm. it was like very difficult to hide at that point with my look um, and right. they had also no choice because I was gonna like be very very gay on the show which mm-hmm. I feel I wasn't I thought it was gonna be I probably if I were single at that point I would have been mm-hmm. way more gay but mm-hmm. I had a partner I was I am very respectful when I'm in a relationship right, right. which <clears throat> I think we should all be. Um, yeah, right, right. <laughs> right. <clears throat> but I think I was the first one that said, like, this is me and this is it, right? This is yeah. what you're going to get. I'm going to be very gay and I'm going to say it right away. Yeah. Right. And so, so you, said, you just said, you just like on the first day to your, was that to your tribe even? Just like, what's up on Lyrissa Molesky? Oh, or was that like confessional? Yeah. I remember yeah. that, which was a little bit awkward, maybe for her, not for me. Um, my partner at the time names, um, was Jessica, right? And mm-hmm. once we finished the challenge, I remember that Jessica was sitting next to me on that tiny boat. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, because we can finally talk. And I'm like, oh, my partner's name is Jessica. And she, she felt like, ah, ha, ha, kind of like a little bit flattered, but I'm not her, I'm not her or something like that. I'm like, yeah, you're definitely not. So maybe, <laughs> maybe the way I came back also wasn't good. But as soon as we sat on that boat, I told Jessica, I'm a lesbian and my partner's name is Jessica too. Right. And right. we got to the beach and I told him to. So the whole time also when there is an episode in which we all share, well, there was a day we all shared stuff and obviously the edited. The edit didn't made it to the show, but I we all talk about our backgrounds and who we were. And I remember that I told him, which was a really good thing. And it didn't make it on the show because, again, not even though my mom wanted it to be the Lyrissa show, it wasn't. Right. But I told him about how I grew up in a very conservative religious family and how when I came out, like I went to college and I discovered this world right I've been sheltered this whole Mm -hmm. time and I knew I like girls since I was in the first grade like my first love was my English teacher Miss Garcia she was so cute oh my god (laughs) I was so in love with her so (laughs) fucking in love with her that started my relationship with women that were in power positions and Mm. I really like I have a thing for teachers and professors Mm. it's really bad it's really bad and I tell like when I'm dating somebody I have dated professors which I have and I'm I'm kind of like proud and ashamed at the same time (laughs) um also disclaimer it never happened when I was their student I was very respectful right um no quid pro quo over there. Right. Um, All above board. Yes. Um, but yeah, I just lost track of it as I always do. Oh, oh anyway, the story, the story you were telling your, your tribe, you were saying. Oh yeah. So, so I, 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 I told them how, when I realized 
when I decided to come out, because I always mm. knew since I was a little kid, I always knew that I like women. Um, and I told them how my church shone me mm. when I was starting to come out of the closet. And they did this whole, I was <clears throat> president of the youth society. I was very involved in my church, very involved. And all my gay friends were like, how can you leave? this double life because you go to church three days a week and on Fridays you go and hang out with your church friends seven to nine and then at 10 you're at the club drinking smoking weed doing crazy (laughs) shit like dancing with women and how can you do that right it's not right and I'm like yeah you guys are right I'm being deceiving so I decided I was going to live my life the way I wanted to live it. And then in one of those church meetings, they decided that it was the day they want to talk about homosexuality Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how, oh, my God, you should have been there. How perfect (laughs) is the male's body that it fits perfectly? Oh, God. Uh It fits perfectly. And I just want to vomit. I just want to vomit and went and then they put us all to say something right like what do you think what do you think what do you think and when it was my turn I said like I don't want to say anything I don't want to participate and they were like if you don't say anything you are pro them and I'm like you know what then I am pro them because I have family members that are queer and they're good human beings and I'm not basing how they are as humans because of who they sleep with. And that was mm-hmm. the last time I went to church. I wow. feel they wanted to out at me and put mm-hmm. me on the spot. Mm-hmm. And since I didn't give them what they wanted, which was repent, mm-hmm. right? Because they knew what I was doing. I had a girlfriend that took me to church and she will tell me like, I am so excited right now. I want to like, I want to kiss you and I want to start touching you in the oh church. Oh my God. And I'm like, you can't do that shit. And I was already 21. Like, I'm a, it's not like I'm a teenager and I'm like right. hiding. I'm like, you can't do this shit. And she's like, but it's so, it's so devilish that I want to do it. <laughs> and that was the last day I went to church and like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. And I don't mm-hmm. think I ever told my parents about that. And eventually they stopped going to church for some other reasons. Mm. Um, but the reason I stopped going was because they shone me. And I said that story. And I yeah. wonder how many other kids yeah. or young people or even adults yeah. were in the same position. And that was a really good moment to tell all these people that are right. living in the closet or double right. life. Hey, <clears throat> it doesn't matter. Be who you are be free it it really doesn't matter who you sleep with right right oh, man, so i really I, wish they had showed that on the show That's i feel i feel i was robbed of that but i also understand that it was the nick show and he told us on that moment about mm-hmm. his mom and his struggles and i understand why mm-hmm. my history was caught but I also think that it will have helped so many people, yeah. so many people, not just to listen to mine, right? But like to Jessica's story and Gabby's story and Christian's right. or like all of our stories, right? right? I think that now the edit has gotten way better. Mm-hmm. These two past seasons has been great because we have 
been able to really get to know people Mm -hmm. and they're using like, you know, clips from them at home with their Mm -hmm. families and their life and who they are outside in the real world. Right. So I think Mm -hmm. the edit has gotten like way better and we Mm -hmm. can really understand who are these people, who they represent, and we can actually feel more compassionate and we can like really bond with these characters, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. that we are seeing on the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was wondering in general, like in terms of, I guess, like, how did you feel when you found out you were a David, I guess, and that, like, setup? But I think it sounds like a cool, I mean, I guess maybe this idea that you all were, like, the underdogs and maybe had these kind of past stories, which, honestly, everybody going on Survivor has a, probably an interesting past story, like you're saying. I mean, probably the Goliaths, yeah. uh, you know, as well. But do you think, like, it was easier maybe to bring up this stuff because it, that was, like, sort of the premise of your tribe? Or do you think, like, that kind of would have come up anyway? Uh, yeah, I think I think it was part of it. I mean, who doesn't love an underdog? Let's start right. with that. We can all relate to that. Um, and I was definitely, first of all, I didn't thought that was the theme of our season. I was like so excited to be there that I <laughs> I had the craziest ideas of how we're gonna be like split. The first idea was tattoo people versus non-tattoo people. Oh man! So who would have been on the tattoo? Like you? On um, uh, the me, B, um, Pat. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, who else? Jessica had a tattoo. Um, who else had a tattoo? Oh my god! I don't know. There I were love a couple this of premise. Uh-huh. There were a couple of people with tattoos. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. But it never crossed my mind that it was going to be David versus Goliath, right? right. And then right. I saw David versus Goliath. And the first thing I thought, I'm not kidding. My mom is going to love this shit because it has a biblical twist right. in it. So she's going to love this shit. You know how many times they told me the story of David and Goliath mm-hmm. when uh-huh. I was a kid, right? Uh-huh. So I'm like, this is like... I I don't go to church. I know right. my Bible shit because I was a Sunday school teacher. So I know my Bible shit. Right. This is not tattoo people versus not tattoo people. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this is, is this going to be a church kind of theme? It's good because I have a church background. So I'm going to rock this shit. And it makes sense that I'm a David because I went to church. Right. right. <laughs> I went to church. Um, and and then I'm like, yeah, I look at myself and then I look at my tribe and I'm like, oh, yeah, we're definitely David's like, <laughs> right. we're like so tiny. And then I look at the Goliaths and like, these motherfuckers are big and strong. Like, how are we going to fucking beat them? Right. How are we going to do this? Right. So I think that they they place us on the Davids to like be more likable I feel mm-hmm. and tell mm-hmm. our stories and I feel that took a big part on people feeling comfortable seeing different people on TV right mm-hmm. and being able mm-hmm. to edit us in a way to show who we really were because we're mm-hmm. underdogs and in mm-hmm. the world being part of the LGBTQA plus mm-hmm. it's being an underdog it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how much you can be the richest gay person in the world mm-hmm. you're still gay 
and you're still mm-hmm. a minority and you're still mm-hmm. going to be an underdog and people will mm-hmm. always question you no matter what a great job you have how much money you have it's always going to be a question because you're gay that's how i feel maybe mm-hmm. times are changing uh, mm-hmm. i'm 40 going on 85 so I feel that on 85, I feel, I feel very triggered every time I see those progressive commercials on becoming your parents. I'm very, very triggered by them. Very. They hit a little close so, to home. Uh, too much. Too much. The, the new one is the one with the guy with the meeple and he doesn't know what's on the meeple. Right. And he thinks it's scotch tape. Yes, that is me. I have <laughs> things on my fridge that I really don't know what they are. Oh. So, um, yeah, I feel that in part, that's one of the reasons we were David. I was not surprised at all that I was there. Yeah. I mean, I said it. I'm chunky. I'm tiny. I look mm-hmm. like I, I think I don't look that smart. Because mm. there is this predisposition that people that have tattoos and wacky mm. hair and piercings, uh, we are, you know, wild and we're not into like probably, you know, learning, I guess, because mm. we're always depicted as like, whoa, the crazy people, right? Right. We're so much more than that. And I, I knew exactly what was going on the whole time. And mm-hmm. it was also the downfall because I feel that I was too out there that some people didn't like it. They never said it to me, but mm-hmm. I know that some people didn't like it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. which I didn't too, really care. You out there in terms of like who you are or like in terms of the game or like, but like you're saying because of like tattoos and hair and being like, I think my, I think my whole combination, it wasn't uh-huh. just the gay thing. It was, I'm a woman that is a lesbian, that have piercings, that have tattoos, that mm-hmm. has an accent. I think I had all of these things that were not good for my game, even though mm-hmm. they are who I am, right? Mm-hmm. I cannot erase my tattoos. And I and cannot you erase... you should Why should you? You know? Right? I mean... I got recognized the other day because of the survivor tattoo, right? Which I was a little bit ashamed of it. Um, (laughs) Yes, I do have social anxiety. And even though it's so weird because I went on this show and there's some exposure. And I think I think I got that shit after the show. Right. So when I go out, I get super conscious, especially in settings that I'm not familiar with and I don't know the people, right? And then mm-hmm. people approach you and you probably feel the same way. Why are you approaching me? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the reason behind you talking to me? What do you want from me? And I never thought like that. I right. never thought like that, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's a little bit, I don't know. Also, I'm hard to miss. I don't know. It, a lot of things that are me play a lot into this game. Maybe I feel that if I haven't been so outspoken and mm-hmm. I probably had less tattoos and less colorful hair, I will probably made it longer or make people trust me more. There is mm-hmm. a stigma out there mm-hmm. that you can trust people that are too out of the box. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. maybe things are changing and like young people like your generation um don't think like that but i i grew up thinking that right so 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel that, I mean, they casted me because of who I am, but I right. also feel that that was a little bit of the downfall of my game. People right. didn't trust the person with a weird box tattoo on her arm, even though this weird person kept telling everybody, well, not everybody, my alliance, what was going on right. and who had what and what was going to happen. And nobody fucking believed me. Right. This show had to came out and we all started watching it for them to f- believe that what I was telling them was correct. Right. Even right. when we were on, we, on the pre-merger strip, I keep telling people stuff and they were like, no, you're wrong. No, that didn't happen. And I'm like, yes, it did. Like, yeah. especially the thing that bothered me the most is that people didn't believe me that David had an idol. Mm. And I knew Davy had an idol. Right. I, right. I didn't, I didn't see him get the idol, but I saw him being on a one-on-one with the camera in a very weird spot that is Uh not the usual spot. I'm like, he found something. Uh He has something. And I told people he has something. No, he doesn't. Like, I'm sure he has something. No, he doesn't. Then we went on the trip to Australia and I keep telling the pre-mergers, which were friends with Davey. Davey has an idol. No, he doesn't. He will have told us. I'm like, uh-huh. he has an idol. You uh-huh. don't believe me. And then show comes out and Davey had an idol. Yeah. And we had our did. chat group. And I'm like, I told you, motherfucker, that he had an idol. And <laughs> nobody fucking believed me. I was not going to take Davey out. I like Davey. Yeah. I slept next to Davey the whole time. He slapped me a couple of times when we were sleeping, right? Um <laughs> So I didn't want to get Davy out, but I keep telling people he's a powerful player. He has an idol. He's likable. No. Nobody believed me. Yeah, because well, I definitely, feel definitely right on that one. <laughs> I was right on a lot of things yeah. that didn't show up. I I don't even remember if my confrontation would be and Jessica came out, but I knew they wanted to vote at me out, and I sat down after that that challenge that we were going to go to tribal. I know my name is I know this right and I tell them like I know that you're planning to get me out like I know this don't be shady because Mm -hmm. I know this right and they're like no 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 it's not you it's definitely not you we're gonna vote Nick out and I'm like bitches I know it's gonna be me like that's what it bothered me that I know what's going on I know it's going to be me. You don't like me because I'm different. That was the whole reason. Because that thing of me being weak, also, it didn't send well with me because I I won the first challenge by myself with Christian, right? Right. So how in the world you're saying I'm weak when I got you like the first reward? Right. practically I, by myself right? right how are you saying that you just don't like me because i that's how i felt and i still feel like that you didn't like me because i look different right mm-hmm. and i and i'm i'm queer and it doesn't feel you don't feel good about that mm-hmm. and i knew that right there's nothing that people can tell me and to this day i know that some people don't like me because of mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and it's fine it's fine right I don't have to prove to anybody I'm happy with who I am right I right. really don't care if 
particular people like me or not let's just be honest about it my whole thing was yeah. honesty right because mm-hmm. i'm coming out as an honest person and i'm telling you how it is right and it's fine if you don't like me but we're not here because of that mm-hmm. we have a bigger thing here and you're just looking at this fact right so that's mm-hmm. how i felt i don't yeah. know and it's such a tricky thing because you know i think like some of the things you were saying like I mean, part of what gets you cast on the show is being special and unique and different, right? And what what makes you like an amazing part, like what makes it so powerful for me to watch you on the show, and I'm sure so many people is like who you are and what you represent, and like that you're representing this community that you know there's never been another like Puerto Rican lesbian tattoo like <laughs> colored hair person on the show. All of like, it, all of it, like all of it, like the oh. all of it is what makes you so awesome and why it was so awesome to have you on the show and yet at the same time like everything that makes you different does make it harder to play survivor right like mm-hmm. you have you're stripped down to this it's just instinctual that people do just naturally you know and it doesn't have to be on the level of specifically like oh i don't like their sub because she's a lesbian or like because she has tattoos but just, which you know i'm not saying that it's not for anyone but it could be as simple as just like I don't know anybody like this and this makes me uncomfortable. Yes. And I just don't naturally gravitate towards this person. Right? Yeah, I feel I feel it, it was more of that. I'm not saying right. that they didn't like me because I was a lesbian. I feel that some people were never exposed to somebody mm-hmm. like me. And I get mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's a trust situation and this is not your group of people. And then, you know, this person comes in that it's everything that you're not and it's Mm -hmm. very outspoken of who they are it makes people Mm -hmm. uncomfortable right Mm -hmm. but i knew from the beginning and please cbs people don't take this wrong I know that one of the reasons I was casted is because of who I am right Right. I I check a lot of boxes right Mm -hmm. I'm a woman I'm a Latino I'm queer like she has tattoos like there's like a lot of like tokenisms that I was Mm -hmm. checking right and it's Mm -hmm. not bad I don't feel it's bad but Mm -hmm. I also feel that that was one of the reasons because if I was a plain Jane they would not Cast me, right? Right. Um, Well, and I think it's... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. And I... Going back to that representation, that is the only thing I thought while I was there, Mm -hmm. right? I knew... I knew when they say, we're going to pick somebody to run this course. I'm like, it's going to be me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's going to be me because I'm not going to put the tiny one that has muscles, which is Mm -hmm. B... They're mm-hmm. not going to put the cute girl because, mm-hmm. you know, probably there's a bromance in the future with this person, like right. a romance or like whatever they showman, a showman, right? Yeah. Whatever, yeah. whatever they call it. Right. Yeah. So I knew it was going to be me for sure. Mm-hmm. And the only thought I had was, okay, I have to win this, but I wasn't thinking I have to win this because of this bunch of people I just barely met I have to win this because all the gays are watching me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and all the Puerto Ricans are watching me Mm -hmm. and I want to win this because I want them to feel happy that somebody like them wants something on TV Mm -hmm. it is very rare that we win something by Mm -hmm. ourselves Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I have to win 
because my mom is watching this, right? Mm-hmm. And she's going to be proud anyways, but I want to win because my mom is going to get fucking excited and she's going to go to church and it's going to be like, my fucking <laughs> lesbian daughter fucking won a challenge, bitches, and you shone her. Fuck you guys. Right? She was not right. going to say that. But <laughs> but that's all I had in my mind. I never thought of my tribe mates. Sorry, mm-hmm. guys. I thought of the people I was representing. I wanted to Puerto Ricans to feel that they want something because we're such a small, small island and we are part of the United States. So we barely shine by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we have these tiny little moments like Miss Universe and the Olympic Games and boxing fights which I don't agree with but we're known for that Mm -hmm. that put us in the spot and if when somebody from PR wins Miss Universe it's not that she won we all won and for Mm -hmm. a whole year we're all wearing that crown right Mm -hmm. so I wanted to give them a tiny crown so the whole time I'm running this course, it's like the gays are watching, the gays are watching, the gays mm-hmm. are watching. Oh my God, Puerto Ricans, Puerto Ricans, Puerto Ricans. Oh my God, my mom, my mom, my partner. I just wanted to make all of these people that I represented, mm-hmm. right? Because I know why you casted me. Mm-hmm. I know that I am like so diverse and all of these people I'm representing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I need to win this for these people. It wasn't even for me. It was for all of them. Mm-hmm. I wanted all the communities I was representing, but especially the LGBTQ community to feel proud that somebody was winning for them, mm-hmm. that somebody was there trying to do their best to not be portrayed as either an angry Latina mm-hmm. or an angry lesbian who is a social justice warrior, which <laughs> I learned that term while on the show. Somebody <laughs> tweeted that shit and I had to ask my partner at that time, what does this mean? Like, oh I don't God. know what they're calling me because I just moved to the States, right? So it was right. like a class of like different things. And mm-hmm. she was like, oh, that's social justice warrior. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and, she's, <laughs> and she's like, you go on Twitter and you fight causes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm dead. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll accept I'll take yeah. that. Yeah. I'll take that. Yes, I am. So yeah. cool. Um, yeah. But it, yeah. Um, yeah. But that really was one of the most, I, I mean, I can say for my part as a queer person watching it, it was amazing that you won. Like it was, if, I mean, and it just starts it off so perfectly, like the whole like underdog dynamic, but to like see you go out there specifically and win the very first challenge. And against like, isn't uh, one of the people is a, uh, Mayor of Slamtown, right? The like biggest yeah. guy on the show, and you guys the biggest guy. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it was a really amazing and special. Like, yeah, it's an amazing moment. Yeah, I mean, even so I was very confused with that challenge because, to my <laughs> understanding, at the end, I had to like get the parts completely loose. Right, that's mm-hmm. what I thought. And like they all only, the, there was all the uh, like supplies, it was a, right? Yeah, it was a supplies package, right? And I had to untie it, which 
Nobody knew I was a Girl Scout, so I was really good with knots. So I was the designated person for the knot untying because I was like really fast and I had like really tiny fingers. Mm -hmm. So knots to me were like, you know, so easy to untie. Right. So you had the Girl Scout, you had the lesbian thing, the fingers, you know. Yes. I, if I, I don't know if people will have been more open to the possibility of believing in me, I, I think I will have made it way longer in the game, but that's another story um so i thought i had to untie it completely right and i'm like it touches the water i'm on the zone right i'm on the zone i'm just trying to beat these people i'm not looking back because one of the things that somebody told me was like never look at the other and i keep Mm. telling them this like don't look at them because Mm. we're gonna waste time if we're looking Mm. at what they're doing if we lose Mm. we lose because we were on the zone let's not challenge yourself extra with looking what they're doing because it's going to put an extra pressure. So I was on the zone. I untied that thing. It touches the water, but it's not completely off. The rope is not completely off. So I keep Uh, going at it. I keep going at it. I keep going at it. And I'm on the zone and Jeff was like, hey, hey, stop. You won. You won. And I'm like, oh, I won. Great. And that's when I jump in the water because I didn't know how to go back from the pool. And to me, (laughs) the easiest, the easiest thing was to jump in the water because I didn't want to show them that I couldn't go back on it. So I'm like, okay. And people were asking the whole time, like, why is she wet? Why is she wet? Because she was dry. And then on the next scene, she's all wet. It's just because I jump it because I didn't know how to go back. That's so funny. <laughs> so yeah, it felt really good. And I the whole time I was like blackout after the, the winning. Because I'm thinking, oh my God, all of these people are gonna be like cheering up and yeah. so excited because I want I can picture the gay club back at home that doesn't exist anymore, full mm-hmm. with all of this like super dyke lesbians like getting so excited because the tiny lesbian won, right? Yes. Um so that's all I had on my mind. Like I, I was on the phone and I wanted to bring something to us. Did you get a lot of messages from people? Did people let you know how fun that was for them? Yeah. A lot of people were like so happy about it. And I received, I received a lot, which I didn't know who they were. And I still don't know, but you know that how teenagers, you probably know, make like a bunch of accounts yeah. mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Instagram and Twitter and they hide. And I get it. I mean, sometimes they don't behave nicely. And, <laughs> right. You know, I also got some of that, um, but I got so many messages and I still do about young queer people so excited because I won that challenge and they felt that they were seen. Yeah. Right. It gave them something like, Oh my God, you were so awesome and you won. And I felt like so connected. It's like bringing them a little bit of hope. I feel Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so my whole, when I started this journey, (laughs) my goal obviously was to win. Mm-hmm. Right. I wanted to win. I wanted to like buy a house, pay my family's debt, you know, make my parents more comfortable economically. And then it became the I want to become a Celestian if I don't win. 
Right. I want to <laughs> be as a lesbian and I want to be out there dancing with Ellen before she was apparently canceled. I'm yeah. sorry. This was before Ellen was canceled. The dream mm -hmm. was to be on her couch and dance with her. Not mm -hmm. anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, I and then it became the man, I I'm in this position to reach out to people mm -hmm. and let them see that you're going to have like, you're, you're okay. It's okay. You're normal. You're like a regular person who you sleep doesn't define you. Mm -hmm. So now I still want to be a lesbian, but it makes me more happy that people feel comfortable with who they are after watching me. Mm -hmm. it fills me more than probably dancing with Ellen on her show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And I mean, right. And I think, yeah, like you said, it's like you go in wanting to win, but there's a lot of ways to win besides actually winning the game. Right. And to like yeah. win that challenge and like have it mean a lot to people. And like, I think there's also something about the kind of level of celebrity you get from survivor where, yeah, maybe you're not a, uh, dancing on Ellen, but it also makes you like more accessible to people, you know, and you have like, you can respond to some messages and, you know, things like that, where you actually can maybe have more of that, um, like impact on people in some ways, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like way better when people tell me mm -hmm. and I feel that you're one of the best examples mm -hmm. When people tell me, I, f I saw myself on TV. Right. I saw somebody like me, right? Mm -hmm. I feel, I, I saw somebody I can identify with. And it gives me kind of like the hope that I can also do this or I can do other stuff because you were there and you mm -hmm. did it. Right. Mm -hmm. So what is stopping me for doing, from doing something that I want? So I think in that way, it's more fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Will the money have been good? It will <laughs> have been amazing. But I feel that I got richer in other ways and mm -hmm. it makes me able to make other people rich on their own. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And something I like to think about is it's like, it's such an exponential impact. I mean, even just like, you inspired me and then I went on the show and it's like you inspired lots of people. One of them went on the show and inspired lots of people. And then maybe one of those people, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, it's like a chain. Yeah. It's a chain. Right. It's a domino effect. Right. And, and, and it's like people both in terms of going on survivor, but also everything else in their life, you know, it's someone that's going to be now more open at work or with their family or in their community, whatever it is. And like knowing that you, that me like had like a small impact on it. Like it really does have this like, really exponential positive impact I really believe you know yeah I I really I feel really happy when somebody writes and I don't reply to everything mm -hmm. because if I reply to everything I will have to stop doing what I am doing right mm -hmm. uh, it's not that I'm I mean it's not that I'm getting like thousands of messages every mm -hmm. day but it's so nice when you 
get a message that somebody says like, oh, my God, I just watch you. And like, I'm so excited. And I'm also queer. And it's so good that you're on TV. Like I'm rooting for you. And in a way, it's kind of sad because I already know what's going to happen. So it's mm-hmm. nice that they're, they're rooting for you because usually I get these messages when they start the season. Right. right. And. And I know what's going to happen on episode seven or eight, right. um, but it's still nice, you know, and it's it. I feel that it brings a little bit of hope and it yeah. gives me hope that the world is going, even though so many messy things mm-hmm. are happening right now. There's mm-hmm. also, you know, more openness mm-hmm. and we are out there and we're not keeping it quiet. Right. Mm-hmm. We're just mm-hmm. we're not going to take it anymore. Right. And mm-hmm. these little events helps push us forward, I feel. Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. So it's always it's always nice to get, you know, recognition for like it's kinda like a seal of approval, mm-hmm. you know, after mm-hmm. being like, you know, hiding in the closet for so many years and then coming out and then start living your life. It's kinda like the I approve see yeah. situation. So every time you get like I approve, it makes you feel better and it makes me yeah. feel that somebody's life is gonna get better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think like part of part of like why we want to do this series is like especially like you're saying, like right now there's so many things uh going on. There's so much like anti-gay, anti-trans things going on in this country. And I think like for those of us who are able to be out and get to live our lives and get to do things like go on survivor, like the more we can do to just, I think be ourselves and like talk about our stories and things like that. Like hopefully like there are people listening to this in places where, you know, I, I want, I want people that don't now feel that they can live their lives the way they want to, to know that like it will get better. There are people out there living amazing, happy, like queer lives, LGBTQIA plus lives. And like, uh, I really thank you for, you know, going on the show and like being someone that inspired me and mm-hmm. also like doing this podcast. And I feel like I got to learn a lot more about your your story and everything in Puerto Rico and everything. So just the impact continues, you know, and I'm I'm very, very, yeah. very happy that you are, are here talking to me. <laughs> uh, it's nice. I mean, I have met so many amazing people, too. Right. Um, mm-hmm. That has also open me to grow and learn right when i move here the i couldn't understand being Mm non-binary because i come from a country in which the country and the culture is very very binary Mm -hmm. and also our language is Mm -hmm. very binary right the everything in spanish has a gender everything right Mm -hmm. tables floor plants everything has a gender right so to me it was so difficult Mm -hmm. so difficult to understand they them Mm -hmm. you have no idea i went to a fourth of july party with my ex-partner and there was a human that was non-binary at the party, right? And I couldn't understand the day because they is a collective of people. It's not mm-hmm. one person, right? Mm-hmm. And I come from the binary mentality, right? Mm-hmm. So I was confused the whole time. And then the person goes down to get a drink 
and somebody asked for the person and they were like, oh, they're downstairs getting a drink. And I'm like, with who? Right. And Jessica looked at me like, what are you talking like? Well, they said they're, they, like, with who else? Like, I don't get it because they, it's like a bunch of people and this person is by themselves. Like, I don't get it. So even for me, learning about being mm-hmm. non-binary was also more explained. Like, I already, by the time you came onto the show, I mm-hmm. I learned, right? Mm-hmm. I knew I was able to explain, for example, to my friends and my roommate that are right. Latino, how it works. Like, yeah, it is possible. It is difficult in Spanish. It is very difficult for a brain process, mm-hmm. but it's easier. It's mm-hmm. easier. It's not complicated. Um and you cannot tell people who you think they should be or they mm-hmm. are because mm-hmm. like I don't like when people tell me who I am or what I should be right. why would I tell somebody how they feel that's not right right? right so in a way I feel that this also brought a learning process mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and exposed people to diversity which is I feel one of the most component, important components of this show because mm-hmm. on Survivor, whether people like it or not, is a microcosm of what's going out there. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. exist and mm-hmm. we are out there and we mm-hmm. have the same rights to be on this mm-hmm. because we are part of a society and it brings the exposure that we need to educate people. I feel that the bottom line on this is that we are there to educate people, Mm -hmm. to make Mm -hmm. them see that we are exactly like you. Mm -hmm. And in the end, it sounds terrible, but coming from a horror like background, we all going to die and we're all going to go to the same place because we're (laughs) all made of flesh and bones. So it doesn't matter who you sleep with, how you identify with the and it's going to be the same for everybody. So these opportunities are great to educate people. So when we die, it's not in vain. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Even though we're all going to go to the same shit, it's not mm-hmm. in vain. So I feel that shows like Survivor with their greatness and their faults, because there's always faults on everything. It's a good way to educate people. Mm-hmm. Right. I, mm-hmm. People were like so upset about the common in guys, 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 there's more important shit in the world going on yeah. than yeah. a stupid phrase. Yeah. Right? And we are there to try to educate the people and get the word out there and try to like make this planet a little bit more livable, at least, mm-hmm. you know, more respectful towards mm-hmm. differences. Right. Because mm-hmm. that's what makes us special and unique. Right. Who mm-hmm. we are. If we were mm-hmm. all the fucking same, this will be a very boring, very boring planet. Right. And we're all not the fucking same. And why would you want a bunch of the same people on your TV screen? You know, like that's what makes it more interesting and impactful. And everything. Yeah. Like that. yeah. Yeah. If they're all the same, it's like I wouldn't watch it. Yeah. I wouldn't watch yeah. something that everybody's the same. Like I, I wasted a lot of time on the nineties watching shows where the people were all the same. I want to mm-hmm. see some diversity. I want to see the real 
thing that's going on because whatever happens there, it is real and it represents what's going out there. The struggles are still the same, even though we're in this tiny bubble and I lived it, there's still ignorance, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel that's why we're put there to, you know, to like unbeknownst to them, to like educate people. Maybe they're looking, I maybe not. They are looking for great TV and that is fucking awesome. And Mm -hmm. it's great that they cast humans like us because Mm -hmm. we can take advantage of their plan, right? Mm -hmm. Their plan is to make great TV. Yeah. And we use their plan to spread our plan and, and be like agenda. the gay agenda <laughs> the gay agenda is out there we're gonna that's why we're early because now evie's gonna go to her neighborhood and knock on every people's door <laughs> to see show them the beautiful ways of homosexualism and i'm gonna <laughs> do the same on my neighborhood we're and gonna that's like what every queer person does every day that's just every day that's what we do we try yeah. to like convert people that's yeah. that's the purpose convert yeah. people no but i mean but literally obviously that's a joke but i mean like literally yeah. like us walking around our neighborhoods is like in some ways is like political in a way because people do just get to see like okay cool like lesbians live here non-binary people live here like like and that's cool. And like, I think that's something we do in the world and it's something we got to do on TV. And like that, you know, it's a joke of like the gay agenda, but like it yeah. really is, is impactful in the world. And uh, I'm we, glad to be we, part are, of it. we are not, we did not create the gay agenda. That was not us. That was right. the people that were afraid of the gay agenda that created it. And we're taking advantage of it. And we're <laughs> just out there to let you know that if you're gay, it's okay. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's, fun. it's yeah, it, I think it's okay. And even more than okay, it's freaking cool. And it's awesome. It's so, so. cool, right? <laughs> because once once you're out there, what's yeah. gonna stop you? Like the yeah. worst has happened. You came out and now I feel that when I came out, it gave me the power to realize who was really a person that really liked me for who I was instead of like, I like you from what I think you are. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was easier for me to start cutting people that were not going to bring anything positive in my life. And that make me being able to grow more as a person. I took mm-hmm. the negative out of it and mm-hmm. then I blossomed, right? I am so happy. After I came out, I was like so happy. I wouldn't miss a party at all. I was at every single queer event. I was out there and I was spreading the lesbian gospel out there. And I <laughs> didn't care. I yeah. didn't care. And it's it's fantastic because... People see that you're so comfortable that mm-hmm. some people have struggles mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, they're they're so, so comfortable. Like I can be like that. And that's mm-hmm. the whole, I mean, that I feel that's my whole purpose, mm-hmm. making feel people comfortable enough that they can be themselves. And yeah. that's way richer than anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. It fulfills you in another way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel that so so deeply I feel that so deeply like us being comfortable with ourselves can let people feel comfortable about being their self that's that's the freaking coolest thing in the world I know yeah I'm like I'm so proud of being queer and 
you know, again, I was always queer, first great teacher. Oh my God, wherever you are, Miss Garcia. Yeah, where, where are you? I, you know what's funny that uh, as I grew up, like she changed schools. This is a tiny story about Miss Garcia. She changed schools. I never saw this lady again. And then I started working at the airport. And guess who was working for American Airlines? Miss Garcia. And I saw Miss Garcia as an adult and I was like, oh my God, I will walk past the terminal. I'm like, oh my God, that was my first love over there. And she still looks so cute. So, yeah. Well, yeah Miss yeah. Garcia, if you're listening to this, contact Lirsa. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I'm a changed woman. Oh. I don't, yeah, I'm a changed woman. Uh, I don't pursue any relationship with teachers i'm kidding i i'm kidding i don't discard anybody so if you're a teacher it's totally fine if you're a professor it's even way hotter so you know <laughs> you can send me a message um i'm kidding no i'm not um no, you're not. Yeah. no i'm not oh my god it's terrible it's terrible miss garcia no. ruined it for like everybody because like yeah i have a thing <laughs> anyways that's well, not the subject here <laughs> <laughs> no, you're the absolute best. And um, I want to let you go. But thank you so, so, so much for doing this and for being you. And I just want to reiterate, like, how much of an impact you had on me. And I for me and say, like, yeah, that it was amazing, amazing to watch you on the show. And I just know that that impact is is huge. And you made an impact on me, too. I was so proud of you. And you know this because I, I I kept telling you the whole season, like, yeah. I I thought you were the winner because you were mm. getting such a great edit and we get to meet Evie. And I was like so amazed by you and your gameplay and how comfortable you were and your rainbow pants. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, this human is awesome and i adore them like monarch heavy i told you monarch <laughs> heavy so i i, so I, I also admire you 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 came to some of my watch parties in boston which made me so happy like the night that i won immunity you were there and it, it was that was a special moment for me oh my god it was so special for me too i was so happy i'm like yes we <laughs> did i felt i was doing it with you i know i did yes. not i wasn't there but i felt I felt I was doing it with you. I felt I also want that immunity. It was so great. And I don't know if any other queers feel like that, but I felt that I want with you. And it made me so proud that you were on the show, Evie. So proud. You have like There's no idea. <laughs> no <laughs> idea. It, that means so freaking much to me. Thank you. Huh. Um, okay, before I start crying, um, don't cry. No, I don't no. do well with crying. Don't okay, please. I won't, I promise. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything you want to plug or where should people follow you? Anything like that? I mean, you can follow my Instagram. It's Lirsa Torres as my name. Um, I also have an art account, which is Lears.art. Um, and if you are in the Boston area, one of my collages, because now I'm an artist. Yes. Um, yes. One of my, 
one of my collages is at the Cambridge Center for Adult Education um, Spring Exhibit called Hot Food, the Art um, Hot Cuisine, the Art of Food. And one of my collages is over there in the wall. So if you're in the area, go over there. It's open. There's great art from teachers and students and it's free and yeah go over there and enjoy it and also listen to my podcast on mondays heavy leather horror show is a very fun show um we talk about horror movies and horror shows and weird news so it's a very fun show so if you're into that definitely go and listen to us check all that stuff out from the amazing artist horror queen uh lirsa herself i wish (laughs) thank you so much for being here Lisa you're the best no thank you for inviting me thank you okay those were amazing Evie is amazing Zeke is amazing Lirsa is amazing Um, what's great conversations Uh, as I mentioned in the first podcast I think perhaps the conversation with Zeke might be the gayest thing we're ever going to let air on Rob as a podcast I'm very excited uh, about that it makes me very very happy what a delight what a treat what a great set of interviews once again I just want to let you know hashtag the pride is spoken talk about it on Twitter use the hashtag let us know uh, what this podcast series what survivor means to you either as an LGBTQIA plus fan or perhaps you are an ally. What does it mean to have these LGBTQIA people uh, on your television? You can get your Pride Has Spoken merchandise from robaswebsite.com and all the proceeds will go to Gender Benders, an organization that supports trans and gender nonconforming people in the Southern United States through education, advocacy, and support. It's a great cause. and I'm very excited uh, to be supporting them. Yeah, I think that's I, I I think that's all for this week. We will be back next week. I'm pretty excited about uh, the next episode. I'm kind of excited about all of uh, the episodes, so maybe that's a little bit unfair. But Evi Jagoda at Evi Jagoda on Twitter uh, is going to interview two people who I am absolutely delighted that we are going to hear from on Rob as a podcast. Perhaps a little bit. Uh, their voices are, are less often on the show. Uh, one is a survivor who first appeared on Survivor Vanuatu, then came back for Survivor Micronesia. Amy Cusack will be on the show. And in addition, a survivor who has been on a few seasons of Survivor that I would like to make sure I get them all right. Their first season was Survivor Korong, and their second season was Survivor Game Changers. The one and only Ty Trang will sit down for a conversation with Abby Chikota, and you and I and Matt will get to hear it. So uh, let us know if you're excited about that. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week with that episode. Until then, I hope you have a wonderful week, a lovely Pride Month, and a terrific day. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.